All right. Hello, Big Apple Church, and happy Sunday to you all. Uh, we are going to start today's lesson with a question. And so if you're watching this with a group or online together, uh, feel free to have this as a discussion amongst yourselves. If you're just watching it by yourself, no problem. Just try to think about this question and how you might answer it. So the question is, what is the biggest comeback you have ever experienced? Biggest comeback you've ever experienced. Could be anything. Uh, an injury, a breakup, a surgery. Uh, personally, I have had so many comebacks. It's hard just to pick one. I've come back from drug addiction, from severe pneumonia, from, from uh, bones broken. And probably the one I'm most proud of is my marriage. Arlene and I just celebrated 20 years, but it hasn't always been this glorious. Our first couple of years was a roller coaster, but mostly with low dips and only a few highs. Uh, and as singles, we were like two peas in a pod. Everything was fine. Just uh, worked hand in glove uh, in the ministry together. But after our wedding, we were at each other's throats. And uh, we really had to work hard with groups and discipling and fasting and prayer and therapy and exercises. And eventually we made a comeback and we are more in love. Well, I should speak for myself. I am more in love with her now than I have ever been. And I think she might say the same. All right. So that is an introduction to part six of our September series called Don't Call It a Comeback, where we are looking at the comebacks of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. Today, we look at Jesus coming back to life. <laughs> this is probably the biggest comeback of all. If resurrection isn't the biggest comeback, I don't know what is. We're going to start start in Luke chapter 24. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn over there or just follow along with me. Luke 24. We're going to start in verse 36, a little lower than we might start introducing Luke's uh, narrative of the resurrection. So here in verse 36, it says, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. All right, we pulled this scripture out of its context. Let's explain a little bit. So Jesus had resurrected. Uh, there, Some had seen him in the flesh, so to say, and others had not. So rumors are flying. People are wondering. There's this excitement. There's also doubt. And then, boom, he shows up when these guys are talking about them. And he says, peace be with you, which is kind of like our version of, what's up? Uh, if you personally raised from the dead and snuck up on your friends, what would be the first thing you would say? I think I would say, boo, you know, just anyway, that's just me. Um, let's keep reading down in verse 41. It says, and while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, all right, they were just so just wondering what just happened, all right? They're full of awe and wondering, is this real or is it a fantasy? So they still don't believe it. And he asked them another question. He goes, do you have anything here to eat? First, Jesus says, what's up? Now he wants lunch. Jesus is, what is he doing here? All right, is he being a comedian? Might be. Jesus, I think, had a great sense of humor. I think Jesus is re-engaging life as if everything was back to normal again. And I would say that's what faith is. Faith is the hopeful action and attitude that says God is in control. Faith is the hopeful action and attitude that says God is in control. Let me explain this further. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Sure of what we hope for and certain 
of what we don't see. Faith is living into our hope, according to the Hebrews writer. For example, we all hope this virus would go away for good, but it's still around. Now, it would be foolish to act like it didn't exist, but it's faithful not to give in to fear and malice and hateful politics and all this other craziness that people are getting into. Now, so faith is not the denial of reality, but it is the denial of our selfish nature, which tends to fear and doubt that God is in control. You know, things weren't back to normal again for Jesus and the disciples after the resurrection, but Jesus decided to be an example of faith to them by living into his hope. Was up, was for lunch. All right. Now, I want to do a little throwback, not all the way 2,000 years ago, a little bit less than that, 1989. Because in 1989, an R&B group called Soul to Soul sang the song, Back to Life. Some of the lyrics go like this. Back to life, back to reality, back to the here and now, yeah. Show me how to decide what you want from me. We'll stop there for a moment. Maybe we can feel a little bit like soul to soul, coming back to our reality at church and in life and in work. We could be asking God the same questions. Show me how to decide what you want from me. You know, we're praying, God, what should I do? Should I come back in person? Uh, should I get vaccinated? Should I wear the mask? Should I ride the train? Some of us have moved out of New York City. Should I move back? It's a lot of legitimate questions, fears, doubts. And we want to be faithful, but we're not exactly sure what that looks like. So later in the song, the lyrics say, back to life, back to the present time, back from a fantasy. Yes. Tell me now, take the initiative. Now, before we go too far down this rabbit hole of analogy, remember, the song is about coming back to a relationship, not coming back from COVID. Also, the pandemic was a nightmare, not a fantasy. But we are coming back to the present time, as the song says, and it's time to take the initiative. Colossians 4 or 5 says, make the most of every opportunity. You know, last month, all right, just in August alone, 10,000 people looked up Big Apple Church on Google. They were searching for our fellowship. They were searching our websites, our sermons, uh, the address of where we meet. That's amazing. That's a lot of people, a lot of New Yorkers looking for church again. So in this present time, taking the initiative by faith might be reaching out again to friends or neighbors or new folks that we've met and talking about, hey, join us for church back at the Time Center on September 26 or online. Now, living into your hope might be getting transparent about your fears with spiritual friends, praying about it and getting the support that you need to be faithful about what you're going through. It might look different and it will look different for each of us. You know, as we start to close out and get prepared for the communion, I have to ask myself, why would Jesus want to come back to earth? All right. He was separated from his father in heaven. Remember, he was in eternity with his father in heaven and with the Holy Spirit. The Trinity was one, one entity forever. We don't even have words to explain that, but they were completely united, intimately bound. And there's this understanding that when he came to earth, there, there was prayer and they stayed in communion with one another, but ultimately they, they weren't sharing the same relationship that they had in eternity. And it got so bad on the cross that when he took our sins, it says he was separated from his God, from his Father in heaven. 
that intimacy had to had to be separated at least for a time as he took the sins of the world on him of course we know god can't be with sin so jesus gave up that relationship for a time the way it was gave up his angelic body or whatever that looked like lost paradise to again take the form of a human right he he died resurrected got all of that back like christmas morning and then god's like hey you got to go back and check in again no way if that was me no way i wouldn't want to come back it's like that feeling when you're in bed and you're waking up to your alarm clock blaring and you want to stay in bed under the covers so warm all right i don't want to go i don't want to go i want to stay here it's awesome multiply that by a trillion okay that might have been what jesus was feeling but jesus does come back to life he does come back to reality he takes the initiative in luke 24 we'll close out here in verse 51 it says while he was blessing them he left them and was taken up into heaven then they worshiped him and returned to jerusalem with great joy and they stayed continually at the temple praising god so what happens here see facing life with faith was contagious jesus disciples see they come back to jerusalem with joy right they hadn't done that yet they were, they were still down in the dumps and confused about what to do and unsure about jesus's message they got that clarity as jesus was the example for them giving them purpose again after they saw Jesus do it himself. Let's have a comeback mindset, just like our Lord did when he rose from the dead. See, Jesus' resurrection reminds us there's no grave too deep to come back from when we're with our Lord. So no matter where you've been, how much sin or fear or doubt you've had during these challenging 18 months, come back to life, come back to church, come back to reality. At this time, we're going to pray for our communion today. Father in heaven, thank you so much for Jesus. Uh, we love digging into your word and remembering the powerful example that he leaves for us. And ultimately, this example of coming back to life, uh, even after he went through such a powerful and painful journey. Uh, thank you that he came back from the dead. Thank you that he reminds us that we can resurrect the dead parts of our spiritual lives. Please give us strength at this time to live in faith and to live into the hope that we have that you are in control. Thank you for the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus made for us and his resurrection on the third day. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.